Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirita with Mary Lou Nemechek. Good morning. And we have a treat for you today. We do. We do. We're back in this time zone and ready to talk about the trip. Oh, are you back in the time zone? I don't know. I'm kind of somewhere over the Atlantic right now. <laughs> well, you're you're coming in for a landing soon then. I am coming in for a landing soon, but the jet lag just gets worse. I don't know, every time for me. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to tell you a little bit about our trip. Like we told you what we were, what we were going to do last time, like the last few uh, uh, shows we kind of described what we, where we were going to go and what we were going to do. And now we've actually been there. We've done that. And um, I think uh, several people said that for them, this was probably one of the better trips. What do you think, Mary Lou? Um, I, I think that's, that is very true. And, um, and I think that people, especially those um, going for the first time, mm-hmm. they learned what a pilgrimage is. And I would tell them, you, you have to be cold, tired, and hungry. No kidding. <laughs> that was yeah, me this the is, whole this, time. <laughs> this is not a vacation. And once they grasped that, it was like, you know, okay, I'm ready to go because it was strenuous. We, we, I can't remember a, a trip to Rome that was this filled with so many places to visit and things to see and out of the way churches and, and so forth that, you know, nobody wouldn't normally go to. So it made it extra special in the group. I thought um, we had a lot of couples on the trip, which I thought was really a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a great group, and gosh, I'm I'm still swimming in it. You know, yeah. it's it's we're going to see a lot of blessings coming out of it. I'm sure. I think so too. I think what was interesting was not everybody in our Kentucky group knew each other, and then of course the Kentucky group didn't know the Texas group, so. Or maybe they did. Yeah, no, that's, that's not true. Not everyone. But there was a lot of sort of getting to know one another, uh, letting go of, you know, barriers, kind of right. lowering barriers and and um, kind of welcoming one another. And I thought that was really cool. Right. And as usual, we, we did have people that were on the trip that are not Catholics. And that always makes it extra special, too, to have them with us. So it, it turned out the, the group gelled beautifully. Uh, shout out to our buddy, uh, Presbyterian pastor, Phil Hodson, who was a star. I'm still oh, waiting yeah. for his pictures, by the way. I hope he posts them soon. Who arrived with a professional-grade camera and a wonderful attitude of exploration and uh, faithfulness to the Lord. And he was such a such a joy to have around. He was really something. He was. And um, and again, you hope that these these friendships that you've made carry on. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but he Absolutely. was special and Yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. So, okay, Mary Lou, so. Okay. What did you do when you landed? When you came, you, you were in charge of a bunch of people, weren't you? I was herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting them through the airport, um, to the vans, to the hotel, which went extraordinarily well. And, um, we could kind of relax and walk around and kind of grasp the time zone. So the first day was, was good and we, we didn't meet each other until dinner time that night. Mm-hmm. So, um, that really gave us a, a, a chance to see who all showed up on the trip. Um, so day one was, was basically a travel day, but day two 
when we went to Assisi, that's when the fun really started. Yep, absolutely. We had, I think the only mishap we had coming in was um, one of our dear friends from Las Vegas. Uh, her luggage didn't oh, yeah, arrive. Her luggage. She arrived and her luggage didn't. She had some problems connecting and missed flights and all that stuff. You always feel for somebody like that, especially when you're trying to gather everybody for a trip and then you're going somewhere else the next day. You know, what about my suitcase? You know, that kind of thing. And um, so, but that, you know, it, 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 her suitcase eventually arrived. So that was good. And she took it really well. I must say that. Oh, I, in fact, I talked to her about it. She was so calm and she just knew that the luggage would appear sooner or later. And, and you took her out to get a couple of things and um, she had borrowed a couple of things from someone. So she was all set. Mm-hmm. Wonderful attitude. Yes. Yeah, that caused us to leave a little bit later on Tuesday, but that was fine. Yeah, that was, that was okay. We, we kind of allotted the whole day to get there, get settled in, have mass. Um, do you remember what we did the first day? I mean, we got there. We well, when we got there, we had mass before dinner mm-hmm. in the hotel. And um, it was, you know, everyone was trying to find their legs at that point um, and their sense of direction and everything. So it... Um, it was fine because no one had to really do anything. Mass was available, and Father Chris Clay was with us. And as usual, he was just full of the Holy Spirit, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Pulling, drawing us all in, drawing us all together. And that's mm-hmm. the, the most special part of these pilgrimages are the Masses that we have each day mm-hmm. and the direction that, that um, he took us in each day. That's right, the direction. And you could tell he really you know, prayed through his homilies that, um, and and it was a continuous one. It was a conti- continuity of of prayer because we would do morning prayer and evening prayer when possible when we were all together on the bus in the from the liturgy of the hours, and mm-hmm. we would pray the rosary when possible. So um, we kind of kept and also anywhere we went, you know, Father Chris would say, "Let's say a prayer," you know, <laughs> "Let's bless this moment. Let's offer it up to the Lord." He, um, he really kept us focused. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was a blessing to to everybody. Truly, it really was. So okay. So in your opinion, is is a easy um, a place that's easy to get around in? Uh, no, <laughs> I will never forget walking <laughs> up that hill that night. Oh my gosh! It, you know what I equated to going to a ski resort instead of taking the gondola, you walk up the slope. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it was it was something else, and um, everybody made it, and uh, we all survived. But it was it was truly. Um, usually, you go to a CC for the day. We stayed there for several days, so we really got to experience the city in a new way, but the hills in a new way too. It, no it, kidding. It was. Um, it was a lot of exercise. Let me put it that way. It was a great exercise. Uh, it was great um, aerobic fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected. My lungs were burning. Yeah. Unexpected, but good. I, I thought yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. And you your know, knee was bothering you and you still made it. So I know. Right. So just uh, just yeah. a little bit of time to get it done. But it was good. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, we stayed in a cute little hotel perched up on a hill. Mm-hmm. Which was basically uh, within five minutes of of a walk to the Basilica of Saint Francis, uh, to the main which was square, downhill, which was downhill from from our place, which was refreshing. 
and uh, and then also from the main piazza, you know, where all the various you know restaurants were and all that stuff, the meeting places, and um, and then of course you know we were not in walking distance from other churches like San Damiano, for instance, but we did take um, an opportunity to, to thoroughly explore Assisi, to have the places unpacked for us, to have the local guides. We had some wonderful local guides mm-hmm. who uh, really kind of took us under their wing and and showed us around and you know you and I are more familiar with the story of St. Francis but it was interesting to see especially I think as usual as happens over in Italy people walk into something like the Basilica of St. Francis in the the lower crypt and the higher crypt and they just absolutely stop and they're like the English say gobsmacked they're like yes whoa You know, never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. The beauty of the work of the um, the architecture of the the early paint, and, and this is stuff from the twelve hundreds. Do you did you catch that that basilica was completed within two years? Two years, two and it was twelve twenty eight. And because everybody loved Saint Francis so much, mm-hmm. how about that? There's a testament right there. I mean, I'm used to hearing about like Salzburg Cathedral and Chartres and Rems mm-hmm. and all the big ones that took 150 years, you know, mm-hmm. the Basilica of St. Peter took 150, 125 years. Um, and yet the, the fame and the love that the compatriots of Francis felt for him uh, was so crazy, right? I mean, that a whole town coming together. Right. And, and pilgrims were coming. They had, to, they had to build a church because all the pilgrims wanted to come and see Francis. It's grave. So... You know, there was there was reason to do that, but it did take two years, which is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And you look at what it is. It's like the lower crypt, and then there's another church on top. Ah, just beautiful. But we really had a tour that was really detailed, especially mm-hmm. in the upper church with all mm-hmm. the frescoes and everything. And it really gave you a sense of, because it tells the life of St. Francis. And um, it's, it, it's difficult, really impossible to describe to you what we saw. It's what... This is why you need to go on pilgrimage because unless you see it, it's you. You just can't even um, describe what it's like, mm-hmm. and the size and structure and and you always know when you go in these places that you're in a holy place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the beauty. Uh, I think about all the little apprentice uh, artists, laborers, chi- children who were set to work crushing stone lapis lazuli mm-hmm. blue stone to mm-hmm. make it into the pigment the mm-hmm. the brilliant blue pigment that was everywhere in these churches and remember where some of the frescoes had disappeared it was because they during the plague they had the sick in there and so in order to sterilize it they would use something on the walls that made some of the frescoes literally disappear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there was evidence of that and um and also, what was it, 1997 is when they had the last big earthquake, earthquake. there. Mm-hmm. And so at, at this point, the church has been, you know, renovated. But, um, you know, we learned about um, people in the church as they were leaving, running out to go out the main door, several people died. Because the ceiling collapsed. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was just a, it was a remarkable tour. And, and you learn about Romanesque, Gothic, frescoes. Um, the different woods that are used, you know, in the, in the churches. I mean, it's just, 
it's like a little history lesson or well and the um, the uh, oh every Italian school child goes if they're close will go on a field trip to Assisi to see the work of Giotto Giotto mm. was an Italian uh, artist um, of about I don't know, 100 years after Francis, maybe, right. maybe a little bit less, um, who was a disciple of Cimabue, who was the guy who started first uh, frescoing, you know, basically painting all the details of Francis's life on the walls of the Basilica. And um, Giotto's famous for having, you know, primarily for the frescoes of Francis's life, which are on this Basilica. And to see them again in their brilliant color, uh, the way they've been restored was just... Uh, Amazing, and it's not just one scene; it's like what multiple oh, scenes, yes. fifteen, twenty scenes. Right? But on one of them, he he did like a portrait of of Saint Francis mm-hmm. from what people told him he looked like, and that's usually the the face, the structure that you will see mm-hmm. um, on holy cards and in all sorts of artwork. Uh, what I thought was interesting when uh, you know when the, there was that earthquake in nineteen ninety seven, December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven that um, part of the ceiling collapsed with beautiful frescoes. But what did they do? They collected every single scrap. And numbered them. The frescoes, the whole thing, and ran them through a computer and were mm-hmm. able to rebuild, what, 75%, 80% of the ceiling, mm-hmm. of that particular ceiling, mm-hmm. just from running them through a computer, numbering, and putting mm-hmm. them back up there, which is crazy, I thought. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, right? Uh, anyway, so... But you see the crypt of of Saint Francis there. Um, it's it's just a, and I love the lower church too mm-hmm. because it's more Romanesque and it's a lower ceiling and it's more intimate. I prefer the, ro- the, uh, the lower church always. Yes, yeah. yes. It's just more intimate. You know, uh, the colors and and all that stuff. Now, what did we do? do? We also we had we went around and we admired all the stuff. Of course, the first day when we got there, before we checked into the hotel, if you remember, we went to the. Santa Maria degli Angeli, which is the church below where the bus was parked, right? Um, right. Where we were able to see um, the Porciuncola, the little church, right? The little church, Which is yeah. like the ship within the bottle, church within the bottle, the church within the church, <laughs> right? Little church. Yeah. And also we saw uh, the place where he died, which has been, uh, you know, preserved that way. Yeah, it's kind of like a little cave-like area where he died, and it was... Very intimate, very simple. Very simple. And, you know, as we're walking around freezing, like freezing. Freezing, I was freezing. Okay, so gloves, hats, scarves, furs, (laughs) you name it. And I'm thinking about poor Francis running around, same weather, in a burlap bag and sandals. Right. You know, it just gives you this whole new handle on what these guys were doing. You know, I mean... I just have I don't no know. Respect. I don't know how they did it. Honestly. I have new respect for Francis. No and kidding. All those guys, and even Claire, when we visited the her monastery where she uh, lived the last few years of her life upstairs because she couldn't do the stairs, which I can totally relate. But I mean, no heat, living on the floor, sleeping. I mean, just the whole freezing. I mean, we're freezing. When we're in the gift store. We're freezing at mass. We're freezing when we're looking at the churches. We're freezing yeah. when we're praying. We're free. You know. <laughs> Pilgrimage, you you have to suffer a little bit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, also, what I'd like to mention is uh, we were able to reserve a room in uh, the monastery attached to the basilica to have a couple of days 
of a little mini retreat each day, sort of days to focus in on uh, on the Lord, the reason for the pilgrimage, and also kind of to open up people's vistas, right? Open up people's um, vision as to what is possible. I think that was, that's the first time we've done that you've done that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was extremely helpful because both you and father had time to share why we're there, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, the, the whole point of this is to grow in holiness is to encounter Jesus wherever we go and, and to be changed when we leave. And it really opened up in the very beginning for a time for prayer, for healing for people, Mm -hmm. uh, for their intentions, for whatever, whatever was going on. Um, and I thought that really brought, it really bonded all of us together, too, at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We had, yeah. I mean, you know how it is. If you give the Holy Spirit a chance, he shows up every time. You know, every time. it's like, like he's not going to come. He's going to come and he's going to leave traces and he's going to heal and he's going to. So I thought that was good to just to put people um, in the way of grace that way um, and giving him an opportunity to pray for healing. We had multiple opportunities to pray for over people for healing. Father especially was very aware of all our needs. And in fact, the last day, I think he um, lined up the people who needed it and gave them the anointing of the sick, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, which was very much appreciated because at that point I felt like everybody (laughs) wanted to have it (laughs) after the cold line. It was like, get in line. Yeah. Get in line. But um, so anyway, so anyway, if if he went around everyone said, do you want to do this again? They go, yes, we'll do it. Absolutely. We're in. We're in. Yeah. So, and then from you, we used a CZ as a base to go to outside places, right? Right. We I saw. Loreto was the first place that we went to. All right. So, what were your impressions of Loreto? Had you been there before? I had not been there before, and that's why it was really a treat. And I don't know what I expected, but what I saw was such a tiny, intimate space mm-hmm. encased in this Gothic, I don't know marble mm-hmm. structure, but I, I've been reading a little bit about it. And it's, it's interesting because it doesn't rest on a foundation mm-hmm. to this day. It doesn't rest on a foundation. And at some point the vault in there in this small little place was added later. You would think the weight of the vault would have crushed these walls mm-hmm. and it's contained as three walls, which is believed to be from, from, from the house in Nazareth that Mary lived in. And it was transported there, they say, by the angels. Mm-hmm. There's also some people that say, oh, it could have been taken apart and redone. Well, here's, as I read some more about it, in years past, people have picked up pieces from there. And there was a bishop that did that. He became extremely ill and had to return that. This happened to several people. There was a priest that wanted to uh, put it in a church as a relic. He became ill. So you're not to walk away with anything from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is, um, and also when you're in there, you will see graffiti on the wall. This is graffiti from, from the time of Mary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's certain things that they can show that the dimensions are the same, the, the type of construction that was used. Yeah, Palestinian structure, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's really quite interesting. And, and just, you know, it's just a little small space that you wonder how how you could live there. Mm-hmm. Of course, 
usually they were attached to caves, so they they would have gone into other rooms. Mm-hmm. But when I thought about it, it's the size of people's large walk-in closets mm-hmm. in today's world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the the um, black Madonna that's up on the altar, which is most attractive, is not the original one. They originally had a wood icon, and that was changed to a, a wooden Madonna. And because of the candles and everything, it darkened the the Madonna. So they had a fire that was destroyed. And this is the last one. I forget what year this one was was done. But she she is shown as a black Madonna just to to um, show what she would have looked like from all the candles and everything. And it's really quite an attractive Madonna. I had never seen it before. Um, and there's miracles attributed because Lourdes and uh, Loreto is one of the Marian shrines to which people and the sick go, like right. on, on trains. Right. And there's also a special prayer that you can say there also. And I don't know where I put it at this well, very let's, moment. Let's give them the prayer maybe in the next show, because right now we're going to wrap it up. With So far, we've been to Assisi and Loreto. Stay posted. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.